Welcome to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. We will be offering a craveable menu of headlines, food for thought, and much, much more. These are the bite-sized news stories you need to know, and they'll drop every morning, Monday through Friday. Hello, world, and welcome to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. I'm restaurateur Philip Camino. As always, I'm joined here by my partner in crime, just all-around awesome person, Chef Naisha Arrington. How are you, Chef? I'm wonderful. Happy to be here. And you're wonderful as well. Thank you for the lovely introduction, as always. Makes me smile. I try. I try. Well, you are awesome. So you deserve it. Today, uh, we're going to talk about some something very, very important. Uh, it's it's June the 18th. Uh, tomorrow is Juneteenth. So for today's episode, PC and I are going to talk about Juneteenth, uh, why it's a holiday, and we are going to touch on the realities of race in the hospitality community. And we're also going to highlight some incredible black chefs that are finally getting some well-deserved recognition. Absolutely. Now, just to give a little bit of background, in the 1800s, slavery wasn't just specific to the South, though that was where it was most common. Still, places like Indiana and Illinois kept slaves illegally even after joining the Union. Slavery was also in very Southern states like Texas and Florida uh, during this time. It's also important to understand for the history of Juneteenth that slavery wasn't just in places like the South. It was even in northern states. And abolition wasn't always the case. In New Jersey, it was a place that was built on slavery throughout the Civil War. Uh, as we know, uh, our American Civil War was uh, April 12th, 1861 through May 9th, 1865. So about 160 years ago, so roughly two generations. So during that time period in September of 1862, President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, which then went into effect on January 1st, 1863. This was the third year of the Civil War, and this proclamation declared that all enslaved persons throughout the nation would be free. However, the enforcement right, of the proclamation was done through the Union Army, which essentially was sort of going through and freeing slaves from, from these states. So in remote places like Texas, the white government continued to operate illegally um, in slavery. And there are an estimated quarter million enslaved people in Texas. So on June 19th of 1865, Union Major General Gordon Granger arrived on the island of Galveston, Texas with 2,000 Union troops. He and these troops then went about freeing what we have on record as the last enslaved people in the United States. So while this data of history is always important to recognize, I think it's important to recognize that our industry has gone 14 years without seeing a black chef recognized as best new chef or outstanding restaurant in the categories of the James Beard Awards. Like most industries in the U.S., we have far to go to see that equality. Interestingly enough, however, the hospitality community has seen some strides in equality the past few years. Between 2007 and 2012, 
the number of Black-owned eating and drinking establishments increased by almost 50%, according to data from the National Restaurant Association, which is phenomenal. Yes, definitely. Over the last two years, six Black chefs have won James Beard Awards in the Best Chef category and also Outstanding Restaurant categories. Yes. Love to see it. Yes. And now we're going to highlight uh, some chefs who we really feel deserve a spotlight. Love that. Yes. The first chef that we'd like to highlight is Mashama Bailey, executive chef and partner at The Gray in Savannah, Georgia. Big fan of Mashama. She wrote a book called Black, White, and the Gray, which you brought in today. I did. And I'm going to take it home and read it because I have not read it. But yeah. I'm very excited to read more about uh, Mashama. She won the 2019 James Beard Best Chef Southeast Award. And she's also the vice chairman on the board of the Edna Lewis Foundation. She sure is. Which provides scholarships, programming, and training to African Americans in the field of cooking, agriculture, food studies, and storytelling. Yes. One, just quickly, one really interesting thing about her restaurant, The Gray in Savannah, is that they built it into an old Greyhound station, which must have been painstaking work in order to convert that from a, a bus station into a new use as a restaurant. But what an ingenious idea and what a, like, what an amazing, like, landmark that's becoming. Yeah, she's a phenomenal person. I want to say this is actually a second career for her. You know, she started out not in hospitality and kind of really self-taught. And, you know, you can see the beauty and the architecture and the story and her and her partner. It's really beautiful. And I'm so happy that she's being celebrated because she's an extremely dynamic human. So her cookbook, Black, White and the Gray, is absolutely amazing. So we want to definitely shout that out. It came out a few months ago. So pick that up anywhere and everywhere that you can grab that for sure. The next chef we'd like to highlight is Jerome Grant. He is the executive chef of Sweet Home Cafe. His restaurant, Sweet Home Cafe, is in the National Museum of African American History and Culture in D.C. Sweet Home Cafe was nominated for James Beard Best New Restaurant in 2017. Boom. Right? Best New Restaurant. And... In 2019, Grant was nominated for Best Chef James Beard Award in uh, Mid-Atlantic category. Jerome, you're crushing it, my man. Killing the game. Look at you. So aside from Jerome and Mashma, I want to celebrate another amazing chef by the name of Naisha Arrington, who's my partner and my co-host. And she won't brag about herself, so I'm going to brag about her a little bit on this show today as we're highlighting African-American chefs who have done amazing things in this country and continue to do amazing things. Um, Naisha has done so much in this business, more than almost anyone I know from an executive chef standpoint. She's been on Food Network and Top Chef. You know, there's certainly incredible you know accolades and, and places to appear she has a show coming out that just got announced which is very exciting with gordon ramsey and gino DeCampo. it's called next level chef very excited about it yes the world is yeah and it's going to be on the fox network it is little na- little national network and that comes out in january Uh, Yeah, around January. Mostly I'm excited about this PC because it's really going to highlight mentorship. And that's something I'm like so passionate about. So we each get teams of five and we kind of like have these like culinary competitions. And, you know, I think there'll be a a slight 
competitiveness between myself and Gordon and Gino, but really it's about the chef testants. <laughs> yeah, you've got some some hosts, some hosts on that show that yes. are all com- competitors. Yes. You're a competitor that you're going to go head to head with these guys. <laughs> show them who's who's boss. <laughs> I think that's really it's interesting though that you're going to have to basically take these chef testants under your wing and kind of yeah and yeah. get them get them to the next level. Yeah. Can you talk about, because the mechanism for the show, I know about it because you've told me, but can you tell the world like what the mechanism for the show is or is that sort of a secret? What we are looking for is the next great talent, right? That's ultimately what we're building out here. And so I think as people are listening, you know, if you're out there and you want to compete, there's still time. We're scouring the nation. So definitely um, everyone has an opportunity to win. You know, the most important thing here is really about the journey. It's a pretty big prize at the end of the tunnel. I'm, I'm not going to say yet, but stay tuned. We'll definitely highlight it more as time goes on. So if someone wants to join, like put the resume in and potentially become a part of the show, how do they do that? Is there, they go to Fox, they just go find it online and yeah, put a resume in? Exactly. Exactly. Can they say that they want you to be their person? They probably can. <laughs> yes. I want to be their person, I too. Will, I would. I'd be like, I don't want to go with Gordon. <laughs> totally. I want to be with Naisha. Yeah, the empathy girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited for you for that show. It's going to be amazing for your career. I think it, Fox got a steal by getting you on that show. I think you're one of the best in the business when it comes down to you know, this type of thing, this competition cooking. You're so good at it. it. People like love seeing you on TV. You're just so great at what you do in that regard. You know, you've been featured on in the LA Times, Food and Wine, Essex Magazine, Eater LA. I mean, everyone's written about you. You're really, really good at this type of thing, and I think you're gonna you're gonna dominate the show. So, thank you again. Congratulations. Thank you. And all of this is phenomenal. And you, you're so you know you're so great at, at what you do in terms of this very like public and very public aware um, type of work, but. You're also in in your own right. You're a extraordinarily talented chef. You're not a you're not mm. a TV chef. I mean, you're no. I'm not, I'm not not at all. People say celebrity chef, and I'm like, what? Like someone said that yesterday, and I was like, that's it's like weird because I never think of myself like that. I'm a very like humble, like yes. low key person. You've been in some of the best kitchens in the world, two and three star Michelin kitchens all over yeah. the place. I think one of the most incredible things that you've done in your career is you competed in the Boku d'Or and you were the first African-American woman to do so back in 2019. I did. This is one of the most elite cooking competitions in the world. And you went there, you trained, you, you were telling me about your training regimen for it. I mean, it's unbelievable. You converted your house into a training ground for this thing for so three months. <laughs> and some of the best chefs in the world are judges on this thing. Like, it's unbelievable what you did to get onto that stage and to highlight your skills as an executive chef in front of, I mean, Thomas Keller is one of the chefs. I mean, he's, you know, widely regarded as top five in the world <laughs> anyway. And you out, you went out there and you, and you competed and you did amazingly well. So, I mean, I just, in general, you're just a person who I learn a lot from every day. We talk almost every single day. We're, you know, partners on this podcast and I hope you can keep doing this for a long, long time because it like feeds my soul. You feed my soul. And I just love spending time with you and just doing this on a day in, day out basis. So thank you. And you've just accomplished so much. And I think it's just the beginning for you. Like you're going to continue to go and continue to grow as time goes on here. And this is a, this is a big year for you though. It's exciting. Yeah. You know, thanks for the kind words, PC. I really appreciate it because, um, yeah, I'm definitely like 
I will not definitely cut it. Not be the first person to toot my own horn. I just, I'm here for the life experience. You know, I'm here for the journey. I know I say that word a lot, but it's just a word that resonates with my soul a lot. You know, I'm, I, I try to like fail a lot. You know, I just, I put myself out there. You know, I'm willing to, to run the sprint, you know, not knowing wh- where the end is. You know, I'm, sure. I'm willing to go the distance and I'm grateful to have found my passion, you know, at an early age because I think, the TV stuff's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm grateful for that stuff, but I'm really grateful to have set a framework through martial arts, through team sports and self-discipline to have the tools to like exercise my passion through food with those like life tools, mm. you know? And that's why I think I like love competition cooking because it's like you have to like be able to process your brain. I kind of feel like at like a Jedi mind speed, you're thinking like, I'm going to go grab this spoon and then I'm going to put it on this plate and I'm going to swoosh this puree. And before you execute any of that, you're wiring like the steps that it's going to take you to do that elegantly in a ballet presentation Mm. with authenticity, with focus, with with intention. You know, so I think when you can operate your brain at that level, you can do anything. And it's all being filmed. So you've got this aspect of like, there's, you know, 40 people around you, you know, when you're doing it in a kitchen, you've got your team there, but there's not camera crews and a director and a producer. There's not that extra layer of pressure, which, I mean, I've never been in that circumstance, but I would assume that there's this added layer of kind of dense pressure that's on top of that, you know, because of the competition aspect. hundred percent. I'll never forget that moment, 2012, when I was doing Top Chef and I looked up and I remember I was so nervous and so like, just like, oh, you want to do good and like smile and do all the things and just producers and like you know all this energy and like I remember being in my like element because this was my first tv thing and I remember looking up because I totally forgot about the cameras and like where I'm on top (laughs) shelf I was cooking and I remember looking up and seeing all the lights and like all the people and I just had this like moment of like wow like what are are we doing here Uh you know like what's (laughs) happening sure and um just interesting but I think really my goal is to just Definitely, as I have my own self-discovery, just try to share with people, you know, and stay vulnerable because I think a lot of times in our, in, in our industry, like, it was, like, prized to, like, not be vulnerable and not, like, you know, be open and all the things. And not, it's not to say, like, of course, there's not structure around business and focus and intention, but I think um, we're seeing this new beauty in our industry of, like, you know, taking care of people like we talk about a lot, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're one of the best in the world at what you do. And I'm really glad that we're able to highlight you today. And, Aww. you know, again, I'm grateful for you and grateful for our partnership Same. on this thing. And Same. let's let's keep doing this for a long, long time. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. The people just keep supporting us, guys. Yeah. Keep listening. Keep tuning in and uh, follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Definitely follow us on Instagram. That's where all the magic happens. What, what else? What else? What else can they do? Right. I mean, we're in a we're in a digital age. We are. We are. Um, should we pay some bills here? Yeah, let's do it. Having trouble staffing up? You're not alone. Our industry is facing an unprecedented labor shortage, and tech will play a central role in solving this problem. Yelp Kiosk was built in 2018 for restaurants who couldn't afford to pay a dedicated host. In 2021, Yelp Kiosk is supporting restaurants that want to do more with less. By adding Kiosk, your host is no longer trapped behind the host stand, enabling them to assist in all front of house operations. Learn about how kiosks can help your restaurant at restaurants.yelp.com slash kiosk. That was a, that was an amazing episode. I think it's such an important 
date in time and something that we have to think about every single year as this country changes and evolves and we go through different experiences and we learn more about ourselves and you know so much happened in the last 18 years don't think we're going back to mm. the place we were before mm. that time and i think a lot of realizations occurred during that period of time certainly my eyes opened to a lot of things a lot of the inequalities that exist in the world in this country in particular and i was really kind of forced to take stock in you know many aspects of my life as well around you know how you how you show up in the world how you treat others what kind of place you foster for everyone who's a part of your organization or a part of your circle or anyone that you touch on a day-to-day -day basis and it really was i think a very valuable time in our history and you know i think it's very important that we highlight this on this show and we continue to talk about these you know very very important aspects of our business as time goes on yeah definitely it's a great episode wonderful episode and that's all for our bite-sized news segment today you can find us on happymouthpodcast.com restaurants.yelp.com backslash happymouth or of course on instagram at happymouthpodcast also on your favorite streaming platform and thanks for dining with us we hope you have a lovely day and we'll see you next time